Hi, this is Dr. Steve Vargo, Optometric Practice Management Consultant with IDOC, and this is the latest edition of the IDOC Focal Point Podcast. Uh, in this episode, we're going to tackle a topic that's never really far from people's minds, and that's money and finances. Uh, but recent developments related to the coronavirus outbreak have people looking at finances in an entirely different light, especially practice owners who are in many cases either voluntarily or under mandate having to close their doors uh, temporarily. So I invited IDOC's financial consultant, Nathan Hayes, to shed some light on the financial aspects of this crisis and what options are available to practice owners if they have to close their doors. And I want to also mention that we're recording this on March 19th, 2020. And while the information is currently accurate, the situation is evolving and could change in the coming days and weeks. So Nathan, I really look forward to getting back to discussing how practice owners can grow their business, but uh, current times, um, uh, for now, just thanks for joining me to discuss options for getting through what's become a very challenging time. Uh, my pleasure to be here, Steve. Um, and I think, you know, the reality is we just don't know how big the challenge is going to be yet. Um, so, but let's, uh, let's jump in and, and talk about what owners should be doing and and can be doing. Sure. And, and so as we start to see this, um, uh, things change on a regular basis, currently where we're at is, is seeing offices faced with that dilemma of, of, should I close my doors? Will I have to close my doors? So from a financial standpoint, let me first ask about um, conventional lending options. Uh, what options are available for ODs through their local bank? Yeah, and let's let's step back. I mean, I think we want to talk about two avenues of of getting money, but but at the moment, I think that the my advice, given how little we know about what's coming, is I think owners should get into a fully defensive posture and get access to as much liquidity as possible. And liquidity would be either hoard the cash you have to be able to pay bills for, and we just don't know how long the interruption is going to be. It's going to be two weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, eight months. Um, so get access to as much cash as you can and as much credit as you can, not even with the sense that you're going to spend it. Uh, so I was just on the phone with someone talking about a line of credit, and we'll get into what that looks like in a minute. But just having access to it should you need it, because the, the, the truth of lending and credit is when you don't need it, it's pretty easy to get. When you do need it, it becomes very difficult to get. So better to get it while things are good. Um, and I've been this week just getting in touch with different lenders. So kind of two avenues of going at it. One would be a conventional lender, um, just conventional loans. The, the second will be SBA. And uh, we're going to run through both of those. So on the conventional lending front, I, yeah, I would recommend everyone, you know, at this point, give your banker a call if you don't have a line of credit in place and, and just talk through your options on um, what they can do. Uh, the, the lender I spoke to was with Wells Fargo. They're, perfectly happy to, to extend a $50,000 line of credit with just unsecured debt. Interest rates will be a little higher on that. Um, if you need, if you need or want more, um, you say up to a hundred thousand dollars on the line of credit, uh, they'll take a lien position against your practice. So they'll have, um, just like your, your car loan has a lien on the car. They'll take a lien on the practice, um, as they'll secure the loan against the practice. But, you know, that's pretty straightforward. And, and the banker I work with there has been getting calls all week to do this. Um, they're also perfectly happy to, to write a, a working capital loan. Again, fifty dollars to $100,000. And they can put that on a three-year term, five-year term, seven-year term, term. Pretty low interest rates right now with what the Fed is doing. Uh, but another way, 
And that would be a, a straight up cash infusion to your practice. So the difference would be, um, on a line of credit, you just have access to it should you need it. Um, and a working capital loan actually, you have a loan taken out and you would start repaying it immediately, but you'd have cash in hand um, to do stuff with. Um, and, and repayment terms are, are pretty flexible on those too. So if you if you took it out and you started making your monthly payments and decided you didn't need it, you could pay it back pretty easily. Um, but but I do think it's worth talking to your your bankers about that. And the, the other option you have if you have outstanding debt is to go ahead and talk to your banker about um, if if you're worried, can we go ahead and maybe consolidate some debt and refinance it um, on a on a maybe a longer term to lower the payments and just free up cash flow. Um, for now and lower the amount you owe every month just to keep your doors open. The, um, as far as non-conventional options, I, I heard you mention before um, the Small Business Administration. Uh, what options exist there? And I, I know that's uh, evolving as well. Is it the Stafford Act that is related to that? Um, yeah, so SBA, a couple of things. One, if, if your loan is through the Small Business Administration, they've been offer, authorizing all their lenders to defer payments on that. Um, you know, the first banker I talked to said 90 days today, um, a practice owner called up his bank and they said, we'll defer it for six months. No questions asked, just gave it to him. Um, this is somebody who bought his practice within the past 18 months. So if you have an SBA loan, the first place to go is just go back to your SBA loan officer and ask them about you know what they can do, and, and they've been authorized to be very flexible with you um, in terms of extending terms on that. The second thing that's happening is uh, the SBA is also established, and this has happened after you know a number of hurricanes over the past five, ten years, but there is they've authorized emergency operating um, capital loans. Um, the website says up to $2 million if your area is a declared disaster area. And so Steve and I are both calling, uh, we're both in Atlanta, both uh, stuck at home under quarantine. If you hear any children's voices or dogs barking um, at our respective homes, uh, my kids, his dog. Um, you know, Marietta outside of Atlanta or Lawrenceville, I guess, just declared itself as a state of emergency just to be able to open up funding for its small businesses to be able to weather the interruption that's happening. And that's not just optometry practices, it's the restaurants, it's, you know, yoga studios, everything. Um, but you can you can go online and apply directly to the SBA for a working capital emergency, um, you know, disaster assistance loan. I, the whispers I'm hearing is that they're only coming in $25,000 installments. Um, but I think, you know, facts are changing on the ground very quickly, so we will have to see on that. But that, that's another option, and just be aware the SBA is, is really going to be flexible in repayment terms as an arm of the government in a way that your conventional lender may not be. Yeah, and it, it seems like we're seeing offices affected um, in multiple ways. It, obviously, we're seeing this uh, shift toward offices, considering or actually executing on that, closing their offices, but even the ones that are staying open, seeing uh, in many cases a pretty significant disruption of business with the number of people that are canceling and, and rescheduling. Um, yeah. Nathan, what about cold starts? Is that, I, I just out of curiosity, um, you know, we're talking about pre-existing offices and, and dealing with those financial challenges, but, um, you know, for owners out there that are in the process of starting a new practice, um, maybe seeking financing for buying a practice, 
Uh, are those loans being put on hold right now or are there still financing options available? Uh, I had one cold start this week tell me that the bank just said, not now. And, and so she's on hold completely. Um, another one's still moving forward with a fall start date. I think anyone who's planning to close in the next six weeks, the answer is don't. Um, I would just wait. Uh, th there's just too much uncertainty to make the leap. And it's not even that um, I was just on the phone with a doctor who's about to start a practice again in the fall. And you know, he, he was asking that question exactly. And, and my comment to me, he's asked about starting in a recession. And, and my answer was simply, starting in a recession is not the end of the world. You know, just because the economy is depressed, most people are employed, people are still consuming eye care. Starting in the middle of a pandemic where everyone's being told to shelter in place and self-quarantine and socially isolate is a very different thing. Because the, big, the biggest thing a new practice needs in a cold start is patience. And if they're not allowed out of the home, if they're not allowed to come in for routine care, um, you're going to have a note that has to be paid back and rent to pay with no promise of patients coming in. So if, if you're, and I'd say this for anyone looking at anything right now, equipment purchases, building purchases, remodels, um, hiring another OD, I would just put everything on hold mm -hmm. um, and, and just wait. And, and I don't, I don't think we're going to have to wait that long to have visibility. Uh, so I'm not saying you only need to wait seven or 10 days, but I do think, in seven to 10 days, we'll have a much better feel about what the path ahead looks like. So it's just, you know, at this point, again, batten down the hatches, go fully defensive, pause everything, hoard cash, get access to cash, and then wait and see on, on any, any type of big decision for the practice. And, and I'm not, I, the world's not coming to into my view. I don't think this is going to be an 18 month disaster. I don't know that. I'm not remotely qualified to say that, but we just don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I suppose from a buyer's perspective, even if the financing options were um, currently available, it would make sense for them to postpone that anyway. Um, yeah, well, I mean, a buyer is, if you're buying something, you're buying it for the purpose of your future expected cash flow, mm -hmm. whether that's a, a new instrument or a practice or um, even hiring an associate, you know, and maybe that the future benefit is more free time, but mm -hmm. um, free time is what you need. You just got some of your offices closed you know, reduced to 50% capacity. Um, so I think that it's just, it's impossible to assess what the future looks like at this moment. And, and given that's the case, I, I think it's prudent says wait. And I don't think we're going to have to wait long to know what to expect on a, you know, 12 to 24 month window. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we, we discussed some conventional lending options, which are available, some non-conventional options um, like the, uh, the SBA. Um, what else can people do? What other steps can people take? I, for example, you did a video the other day, and I heard you mention, uh, you know, things like stopping uh, prepayment of loans if you're one of those people that wants to, you know, pay off debt. Any other options out there for people? Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I think um, hold off on any elective purchases. I think you can be thoughtful in, in reordering frames. For instance, it's not a huge expense. Um, you know, a lot of owners are worried. Look, if you stop seeing patients, your cost of goods are going to stop. You're still going to go for the patients you've already seen and have, have bought materials, but some of your bills are going to go down naturally from, from the slowdown. Um, definitely stop prepaying debt. You can't get the cash back, and I'd rather have cash today. Um, you know, we just, I think having two months of cash is, is going to be enough. Three months and four months is probably better, but I'd get, get keep access to that as much as possible because we don't know how long we're going to be interrupted. And that's yeah. the big thing. We just don't know right now. Um, 
one other thing that, that you might think about, and I had an email from some people that, that we've been collaborating with lately that are in the commercial real estate space, but if you're close to renegotiating your lease or just thinking about a move, it's a great time to sort of reevaluate re that. Um, and, you know, landlords aren't distressed yet, but they're certainly uncertain. So uh, if you wanted to get some concessions, if you wanted to consider some options for a move, um, the timing is probably pretty good. So anytime things get depressed, yes, they're depressed and it means that people are hurting economically. But for those who are prepared and in a strong position, it's also a time to look for opportunities. And, and one of those may be looking at the chance to, to buy real estate, um, renegotiate your lease terms, move to a better space at a favorable rate. Um, so those are some things to consider in the midst of this, that there is some opportunity there. Yeah. Um, uh yeah. So, I mean, just as we're talking through this, it, I, I think a lot of people will come out of this. Um, it, it's somewhat of a learning experience here, both from a professional and, uh, and, and personal level on a heightened need to keep cash around. You know, it's one yeah. of those things that we don't think about till we need it. And then all of a sudden, I mean, this is unprecedented. It just yeah. in, in such a fast time, people closing the doors on their practice and having no incoming revenue and, you know, just that, that need for money. I, I think we'll go yeah. into this a little smarter for, you know, the years mm -hmm. ahead, just not knowing what can, what can come down the road. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, like it's learning for us too, right? I've, I, those of, who've asked me about this, I typically recommend keeping one month expected expenses in the practice. I think I'll stand by that um, going forward. So I think the discipline of getting money out of your practice and, and building wealth and saving it is so important. But, you know, I think I would couple that with having access to a line of credit for another month or two worth of expenses. Um, certainly having a personal reserve you can draw on um, of you know, six, 12, even 24 months of personal living expenses for your family so that if you had to stop taking money out of the practice or needed to even infuse some back in for a short period of time, you had it available. Um, and, and I think this underscores a point that I think a lot of our members struggle with a little bit, but you know, if, if, People have wondered why I'm not crazy about prepaying debt. This is why, um, at least until you have a good cash reserves, liquid reserves, because the fact of the matter is, I know we're going to relax some prepay, you know, payment terms in a lot of cases now, and the banks and the federal government will, be, will let you off the hook. But in ordinary terms, if it wasn't a, a macro disaster, but maybe a micro interruption to your business, you got injured and couldn't work, um, your practice flooded or something, um, your loans are still due. And, you know, just because you prepaid debt doesn't mean your monthly payment went down. It just means your principal payments and your interest is less. So, you know, having a good cash reserve um, or, or liquidity at least available to spell you if things get interrupted, I think is one of the lessons we should take out of this for sure. Great, great. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, can you give us a specific date when this uh, crisis will be over? <laughs> <laughs> um no, I can't. And, and anyone who tells you that is selling you something or worse. Um, it, we'll have to wait and see. And that's why I think that we should go be as conservative and defensive as possible in how we're posturing ourselves with cash and expenses and investment. Um, I do think it's worth mentioning um, a, a couple of thoughts just related. I know you, you talked with Amy about what to do with staff. Um, I'll echo one idea that I think came out in that podcast, which is um, your staff are as nervous as you are, if not more so. And I would be, um, I would be decisive quickly in terms of what you plan to do. In other words, if you plan to furlough people, decide now and let them know 
so they can stop wearing. If you're gonna keep them on, let them know and decide now what that looks like. Um, and, and just be hyper communicative with them. They're an important part of your practice. And one of those, you know, it's easy to say cost of goods will drop because um, if patients stop coming in and buying glasses, okay, cost of goods is gonna go down. Um, staff are, you know, technically variable because you need more as you get busier and you need less as you're less busy. But right now, they're pretty much considered a fixed expense unless you change it. So just be, be hyper communicative with your team on what you plan to do there. Um, that's sort of the, the leadership part that we talk about so much here at IDOC. The other thing I would encourage all owners to think about is now that you have some free time, which many of you do, um, what are those projects that you've been meaning to work on in your office um, to make it better coming out of this? Take advantage of the time that's been given to you. Can you um, start self-auditing your insurance EOBs and, and your claims processing and see, and even just your billing and coding and see what are the opportunities to make more money for exam just by being better at that? Can you do training in-house in the staff that are staying? Um, can you revisit your financials with me and kind of set things up so you understand what's going on and have a better plan going forward? Um, all kinds of things that people can work on. A couple of practices are working on their website and social media, like, hey, you want to start shooting video without patients running, you know, photo bombing you? Now's the time. Shoot some videos. Take photos of your team. Take, take photos of your office to update your website. Um, there's a lot of things we can be doing that are very productive that takes a bad situation and makes the most of it so your practice is better once we come out of it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I was joking with the question. We were talking before about the just the uncertainty around things, and um, you know, everyone hoping for the best, but just not knowing at this time, and, and getting so many conflicting, um, you know, feedback and opinions on on the the timeline of this. So, you know, hopefully sooner than later. But um, Nathan, thanks again for your your time and insight. As things continue to evolve, we'll keep our members. Uh, and the industry informed. If you're an IDOC member, the consultants and the rest of the IDOC team will continue to uh, to be there for you to support you through these uh, transitional times. And to end on an optimistic note, this will pass hopefully sooner than later and life as we know it will um, uh, eventually resume. But uh, until then, uh, please stay safe and look out for each other. This is Steve Vargo and Nathan Hayes signing off. Thank you. Thank you.